Well, I'm, I'm blown away that you've made it this far. Yeah, well, that's, I, that's the only reason I was in yeah, this. Now, now that I've got that praise, I will quit. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> this is all I've been doing this for. <laughs> uh, so take me back, Kevin. Uh, take me back to baby Kevin. Uh, when When is the first time that little teensy tiny Kevin's Garf boy, uh, Saunders, uh, first encountered the bag and pipes? I think I was in seventh grade in West Jordan, Utah, and we were moving to Payson. Yeah, finally, and, right? And West we Jordan, saw, seriously? Yeah, yeah. We saw on the, like the class sign-up sheet, there's a bagpipe class. And I honestly wasn't quite sure what it was, but it sounded cool. And my mom really talked it up. She's like, oh, that would be so awesome. So I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this. And then I, I told, we played with Victor Neves, that he played, brought his tuba to play with our bagpipes. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, heck so yeah, I do. And my kids was, remember it, too. That was the coolest night of their life. <laughs> it was awesome. He was my band teacher in seventh grade, and he was like, you know, like, like you got to do this. And so I was, I was locked in. I'm going to go play bagpipes. Hmm. That's so really cool. we moved here. I went to Don's class, and I spent that class the whole year sword fighting with my chanter. <laughs> and then I dropped bagpipes and never looked back. You monster. <laughs> and then, like, two years later, uh, cool. What is his name? Was he at White Peaks? No, he was in the in the high school band. Anyways, he, I was doing something, and he's like, "Hey, you should." Oh, there was come a clay. Play. There was clay, a, clay. Yeah, it was there was clay. A clay in the at the time. He's like, "You should come play bagpipes," and he convinced me, and so I started playing, like midway through, the next year. Mm. I don't know. Had that's, you had you picked up I, enough at the Chandler class that you could just hop on a pipes at that point, or did you have to like you know kind of work your way up to it say that again you cut out had you had you picked up enough in the chanter class that you could hop onto pipes at that point or did you have to like you know did you take some lessons from zach or something to get ready uh yeah i i guess i remembered enough yeah a lot of it was katie uh katie bot was the pipe major then yeah and when i started she for like the next two weeks just like Instead of going to the band practice, she would like sit in a room with me and we'd learn music together. No, oh, she coached you up, huh? And so in those two weeks, I was able to figure it all out. And then, gotcha. <laughs> so, like I guess every new beginner can learn things wrong the first time sometimes. Yeah. So, I did learn to play a lot of it wrong. And then when I met Sean at White Peaks he gave me a really hard time about like the way yeah. I was doing my C doublings. He gave you a hard time. That doesn't sound like Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he, uh, he, and then Zach and also Don all together, I guess they all got me on the right track of fixing my problems. They straightened you out. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and what, like, so clay did, did he keep, you kept playing in, you, you played in the high school band with clay, right? I actually think he graduated that year. Oh, did he graduate? So the year, year I started, he was no longer in, or well, for just a very short amount of time. Either I'm really old, or you're just a spring chicken. I I knew Clay when I was a kid. Actually, I was only like eleven, like maybe eleven, maybe ten or eleven. I don't know, maybe twelve years old. And the, the, we did a community, you know, Petitney there where White Peaks would play. Mm-hmm. There was a community like children's theater there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I did uh, Alice in Wonderland. I was the Mad Hatter. 
greatest role of my life. Started on a high point. Fits. And Clay was the um, he was the March Hare. So we 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 sang you know Twinkle Twinkle and stuff like that together. So now I'm thinking like, well, Clay was a year or two younger than me, but then Clay was a couple years older than you. You're an old man, man. I'm so old. I thought we were the same generation, but frick, I'm I'm just an old geezer. <laughs> and so you played with the high school band. Did you play with the high school band until you graduated, or did you just go straight to playing with White Peaks? I played for and two and a half. Halfway through my senior year, I quit and went to White Peaks, like, full-time. Yeah. And when you were playing at the Payson Band, were you, was, it, was Diana running it by then, or was Carrie still running it? I was still Carrie. Bless her soul. Bless her soul? I feel so bad. You, you, were you also a monster to Carrie? Yeah, we were all monsters. <laughs> well, that makes me feel even worse that it wasn't like I was this momentary terror, but then she had a nice time before and after me. I get the impression that Sean was terrible before I got there, and you were terrible after I left. <laughs> and we all just put Carrie through a lot. Her husband's like in the government now. Yeah, I saw that. I was very surprised. I hope he doesn't have access to any sort of like public or private records or anything that he can now seek out vengeance against all of the little turds that gave his wife a hard time when she was running the high school pipe band. He actually, he surprised, this is the second time he's surprised me. I guess he was the Japanese teacher at Salem High School. Oh, I, you know, I didn't, like, I didn't hold that piece of information present in my mind, but now that you say it, I think I did, I did hear that. And so that was like, oh, wow, I didn't, I never knew. Yeah. And then now he's, yeah. I'd only ever met him, like, I'd only ever met him, like, at, you know, like, pipe base, you know, that kind of thing. So, what, like, w did was it just Clay saying, like, hey, man, you should come play bagpipes? Did you encounter anything? Like, did you see the Wicked Tinkers play? Or, you know, did something inspire you? Or were you just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it? No, it was just Clay. I, I didn't actually know about, I don't know, like rock and roll bagpipers. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until I met Zach, and he was giving me CDs. So when did Zach, like, what did Zach first start introducing you to? What kind of, what stuff stood out to you? Gordon Duncan was the first and probably the most, like, prevalent. Yeah, that makes that sense. That he just consistently went back to. And then uh, Vale of Athol Pipe Band. Wait, yeah, they're from Australia, right? I think so, yeah. I know that, they're, so they're that definitely band. a popular Vale of something from, from Australia. And then... Oh yeah, that's right. It is Athol because it always sounds like you're you have a lisp and you're saying a swear word, and that feels so Australian to me. And him and Don got me into SFU, mm -hmm. or maybe it was, no, 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 no. That's a lie. That's a lie. Go back. Yep. Corey and, Young. Na, 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Young, who I feel like, if he listens to this, I hope I don't hurt his feelings by saying this. I don't feel like he was my bagpipe mentor. I feel like he was like my life mentor. Oh well, you're probably not. He's such a good guy. I bet. I bet you're not even the only one. <laughs> like and so I remember sitting in his car this multiple times. So one of the times, Michael Michael Swan was there. Yeah. And he was showing us uh, some soundtrack of the worlds, and it Corey was. Corey was showing you, or Mike was showing you. Corey was showing like. Yeah. You guys got to listen to this, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we're sitting in his brand new. Dodge Charger. Yeah, I remember that car. Listen to bagpipes, and it was St. Lawrence O'Toole, mm -hmm. which was awesome. And then I was looking them up on YouTube, and I found Simon Fraser University Pipe Band, mm. and I was like, 
their biggest fan. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was sold. This is yeah. what bagpiping is. And that was and, was that in your what second year of playing pipes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm 17, and I'm just like, you know, I'm gonna move to Canada. I'm gonna play uh, with yeah. Simon Fraser University pipe band. This yeah. is my goal. <laughs> and so I was all in. And then Zach, for his his final kind of big, this is a band you should listen to them. It was Field Marshal Montgomery. Mm, yeah, and I fell in love with them, but by this time I had lost the urge to move to Canada. To, <laughs> to move, move anywhere. <laughs> Do you remember? Was that about the time that Field Marshal's uh, Ascension album was coming out? Probably. Yeah, I feel like that would line up about right. That was and that was a great album. I think. Oh boy, now now I'm nervous. I got I got to quick quickly Google that. That was Field Marshal, right? Well, I'm feeling weird because this is supposed to be about bagpipes, and I really just like. I'm partially like my mind is blank, but partially I just don't remember. Well, nah, it's it's about bagpipes. It's also about you. Oh, that's everyone. Hang up now. <laughs> to listen to this. What a uh, man. Maybe I'm trying to Google it now. Maybe I got the title of that album wrong. Jeez. Um, what a uh, what other stuff other than bagpipes takes up your energy and concentration and focus and time and you know interest. Uh. I watch a lot of woodworking videos. Yeah. I'm a very boring man. You no, not at all. You recently introduced me to that YouTube channel that basically is just like ambient woodworking noise from a shop in Japan. It's freaking awesome. Oh yeah. I love that. <laughs> if if you're if you want to le- learn anything about woodworking or I mean if you want to watch someone who can make you feel like you can do anything but then realize you would never be able to do this. It's Shitani Furniture. It's this man from Japan who just films himself making furniture with hand tools and some a few electric tools mm. and it's amazing that's how boring I am see everyone there no one's listening now they're like <laughs> what <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, t- talk me through some more of your piping history so after you started playing with uh, white peaks what did you do with them? Where did you travel at all with them? Uh, we went to. So I had barely missed. They went to Queen Mary, and I barely missed that. But then after that, the only kind of place they ended up going was Wyoming, to the Jackson Hole games. Mm. I think I went there twice, mm. and then all the Utah games. So. I didn't go a lot of places, but, yeah, there's no but, that's it. Well, here's a but. I just, I've, I'm, I'll You're leave it in so that I, I am a but. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm a but in every way, especially because I thought that, I thought the Field Marshal Man- Montgomery had come out with an album called Ascension. It was actually SFU that came out with an album called Affirmation, so <laughs> I, just, I, I have no idea. What's, what's a bagpipe? What is You're a calling bagpipe? a future, man. <laughs> that's just it. wait. They, they will. They will come out with an album. That's right. So after you've been playing White Peaks for a minute, you, uh, you left the country. Yes. I went to Taiwan on my mission. Taiwan. How many Best. bagpipe bands do you have in Taiwan? Uh, there's one in Hong Kong. Mm. Oh, so in Taiwan, I wasn't allowed to take my bagpipes, both because my mom was like, you have to focus, but also because, well, that was it. My mom said like, you have to focus, <laughs> so no bagpipes. And so 
I had kind of given up hope that I was going to see bagpipes in Asia. And this guy from one of my wards was just like out of the blue. That's for, anybody, for anybody who's not aware, the ward would be like the church congregation. Yeah. So the this congregation, this well, the missionaries are just kind of sent to an area for a certain amount of time. And so I'm in this new area and this guy in Taiwan just happens to be like, hey, I looked you up on Facebook. I own a pair of bagpipes, like, or a pair, I don't know, you. I own a set of bagpipes. Can you teach me? <laughs> and so what ended up happening was for a couple of P days, I took his pipes and I just like tried to get them set up. Yeah. I don't know. They're probably Pakistan pipes. Yeah, I was going to ask if they're but then I, set or not. I was like, here's a bunch of emails that I can remember. You should try contacting these people. Oh, I don't yeah. think he ever did. But like, yeah. So in Asia, there are random people with bagpipes. Yeah. Made you popular with at least one guy, huh? Yeah. And like I said, the, the Hong Kong has a pipe band, which yeah. I guess makes more sense because of England. Yeah, that's true. But like, true. it was pretty weird to to learn that. Mm-hmm. So and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you and I had ever met before you came back from... From Hong, from from Hong Kong, from uh, from what Singapore? No, what? Malaysia, Taiwan, from Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think you and I had ever met before you came back from there. Um, in I, fact, I think I remember the first time that we met. I think. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we met, but I, I did. I I knew who you were. Well, our mutual friend Zach, of course, right? Of course. Um, I think that the first time that you and I met. Huh? I remember very clearly being at, I think it was one of the Craft Lake City DIY festivals where, like, I think the year before, while you were still in Singapore, Zach and I, Singapore, man, I can't keep, it's all the same, man. It's, it's, yeah, that's, it's going to make me look like such an <laughs> ignorant, under, under-traveled, like, <laughs> uh, while you were still in Taiwan, Zach and I started doing that to, to try to get together some money to start the Garden Valley Pipe Band, uh, you know, to pay for the 501c3 papers and stuff like that, the incorporation papers and all that. And so I think it was our second year doing that. I just remember you walking up. Like, I think your dad gave you a ride there because you were, like, fresh back, so you didn't have a car yet or anything like that. And you came walking up. And did 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 you – you got to help me remember this because I think that you showed up and then, like, your pipes hadn't been out really since you'd left, you know, two years before. And you popped them open and, like, you were missing a blowpipe or something? Yeah, the mount, the, the blowpipe was gone. I think I had borrowed these from – were they mine? Maybe or did I borrow were, them from Zach? Maybe it was a borrowed set. Maybe that was the problem, and he had brought them. They would just show up, and then, yeah, so the blowpipe man. And I the, we were, like, searching for a place to buy one. That's right, because there's, like, there's that Edinburgh Castle shop that's in downtown Salt Lake that sells, like, Scottish memorabilia and, like, you know, really expensive tartan ties. And we're like, do, do they have bagpipe supplies, maybe? I don't remember, like, if I went or I just went with, like, like or whatever I, or maybe that I don't know I just remember we looked up the address on Google and it was like absolute wrong place not even like near where we were supposed to be yeah. and it was like this sketchy rundown <laughs> like like drugs probably in the back room type of place yeah like, so the was, kind of place we would have been going after the event anyway right so. <laughs> but that I remember that, that would how been, we solved that oh go ahead how, you don't remember? Because I don't remember either. Maybe we just like we did play. So we did. We all play something. together. I think we did. I might remember. I might be remembering the year after though too. Did we do it again the next year? I can't even remember now. I don't know. 
But that was the beginning of our of the uh, the Soggy Scots. Well, the beginning of the trio of the Soggy Scots. Oh, okay. Of, nope. I kind of wormed my way this, in there. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying. Well, nah, nah. That's that's where it started, man. It wasn't Soggy Scots until you showed up. Oh, that's fair. I guess that Zach and I had used that name once in high school. We went and played like a like a New Year's Eve event once and used that name. But that was all. You're the lifeblood of the Soggy Scots, Kevin. You and Sasquatch. <laughs> Well, so, so a lot of people in Garden Valley Pipe Band know you personally, either because they played with you at White Peaks before, they've known you around other places, or because they played with you at Garden Valley Pipe Band. But there are going to be some people in Garden Valley Pipe Band who know you only by name, because you're like you you are currently like a mysterious shadow government figure, uh, pulling strings from the background, rarely uh, emerging into the light. I, I kind of like that. You know? <laughs> what you've been aspiring to all your life. It's <laughs> <laughs> what Zach uh, prepared me for. Yeah, <laughs> you're. You've been a you've been a Padawan and now you've become a master. <laughs> but you uh, you were there at the beginning of of setting up Garden Valley Pipe Band. Yeah, I remember. Well, there was a couple of times. I remember Zach was like, "Hey, meet me at Sarah Park. We're having a meeting with a bunch of people." And then like Did Susan was there. About? Not really. He just yeah. said, come. And so I showed up, and then he explained, you know, they're like, you know, we want to start this band. And then nothing really came of it mm-hmm. until about a year and a half later to the the other meeting where you were there and there was a bunch of other people. Yeah, that was that was what we did at my, at my house, right? In my living room? Probably. Probably. I don't remember. <laughs> and that was when yeah. we, our, our, our intention at that time was to name it the Bob Ross Memorial Pipe Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we could have. Oh, me too. The intention was like, we remember Zach had so many great ideas. We were, instead of wearing hats, because what was it? Did Wuspaba make a rule that you had to be wearing some sort of headwear? Yeah, yeah. And we thought that was kind of silly. And yeah. so Zach was like, oh, we'll just wear a bunch of visors or something. Then he was like, wait, we'll be the Bob Ross Memorial Pipe Band. We could wear fake afros. Yeah, I remember this Instead conversation. Instead of <laughs> Such a good idea. And and then we were going to put either Bob Ross's face or like a painting of him doing a painting on the bass on drum. On the drum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in case any band members aren't aware, that's that's why... So we the Bob Ross family wouldn't allow us to use his likeness. And so... Instead, Zach proposed the name the Garden Valley Pipe Band. I think, if I remember right, it's because, what, like the Provo Orem area previously had been known as Garden City or something like that, and, but it was Utah Valley. And See, I, I remember talking to you and, ja- uh, you and James I am back there. about this. Yeah, what like, was it? I don't remember exactly. A year after that, and the way I remember it is completely different. Oh, tell me what you remember. What you guys are going with. And so... What I remember, I don't know if I want to make this public. <laughs> so, uh, what I remember is like, hey, because we're all kind of, well, no, I won't say that. There was a lot of feelings about White Peaks, you know? Oh, sure. A lot of people who had been playing with White Peaks came and played with Garden Valley, and I was stressed about that. I called Don several times on the phone just to be like, hey, man, we don't want this to be awkward or weird. Let yeah. people play in both bands, like whatever. Yeah. And so just what I remember was like, well, let's do the polar opposite of White Peaks, and it's Garden Valley. Oh, I do remember talking about that. Yeah, it's like White Peaks, and like, well, if peaks are one thing, let's do a valley. That's right. That's right. You're right. And so we were kind of the, the nega 
the nega white peaks band yeah. but though though just calling ourselves nega white peaks would uh wouldn't have looked really great right probably not the thing we were going for yeah definitely not <laughs> especially because so much of the focus was supposed to be like let's just get along with everybody let's be friendly let's be nice yeah <laughs> yeah that was a difficult kind of awkward beginning for sure which i wonder if like to some degree maybe that's necessary for any group to come into existence where other groups already exist but I hope it's all water under the bridge and nobody holds any any uh, hurt feelings because and the backpacking world is weird, man. It is weird, yeah. Let's all just get along, especially because we're like in general we're kind of an endangered species. Let's just all love each other and try to get more, <laughs> not worry about fighting, feuding and fighting. I'm imagining uh, Attenborough like doing a commentary, <laughs> oh, man, and now you so see weird. the endangered bagpiper. Look as he, I don't know. Yeah, something, his it, horn. There, there could be something like uh, one of one of nature's greatest mysteries. The here's my terrible British accent. Uh, the the piper, the the creature who he hates most is also the one on whom he depends for survival. The drummer, <laughs> <laughs> constantly tip tapping on everything in reach. <laughs> and and then and in, in like fashion, the drummers. Con- nearly dead with boredom while the pipers tune up and yet how can they survive without each other <laughs> piper back playing a mating clang call so uh, erroneous that even <laughs> he walks away from himself uh if, if anybody makes this we we don't require credit we just want to watch it <laughs> just let us know so we can enjoy it so that but that but that is why Garden Valley's logo is a is a tree and our little tagline is Crane Shona which we think at least according to Google Translate is like old Irish for uh, little trees or happy little trees. So we still tried to do a nod to Bob Ross. Definitely. And if you look closely uh, in a lot of the sheet music that Garden Valley uses, if you look closely there will be a quarter note or an eighth note somewhere in the music where the black dot has been replaced with a teensy tiny image of Bob Ross himself. Really? Is that a thing? Yeah, I've been sneaking <laughs> them in. Every time I type set a set, I always sneak in a Bob Ross here or there. That's brilliant. Because <laughs> you can get it with his afro. You know, you posterize it so it's all black and white. You yeah. can get it to where if, you, if you're not looking close, it just looks like, you know, the printer kind of didn't do a great job. But, you know, you can tell what the note is. If you look really close, if you know what you're looking for, it's Bob Ross smiling up at you. I mean, as much as I like this, I think you should bleep this out. Because that's just amazing. <laughs> just I don't want it. people to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something that Zach and I used to do th- stuff like that when we were in high school. We would sneak in, like, in between the, the lines on the staff of music, we would sneak in insults to band members. <laughs> Usually it was Justin Moody because he was a good friend, and so we knew he wouldn't get too mad. But we'd write in little, you know, made-up yeah. things about how, how he smelled funny or something like that, you know. And actually, years later, I went when Diana had Viola. She needed somebody to substitute for the for the uh, the pipe class there at the high school, and um, and I, I had a really flexible job at the time, so I just hurried and went and got like a one day training at the local uh, substitute teacher's place, so I could go sub for her. And um, and I don't remember which tune it was, but one of their marches, I think it was a march anyway. They pulled out their music for it, and there was still an insult to Justin. In the, you know, it's now been xeroxed many times, you know, but it was still there. <laughs> that made me feel good. I just imagine like that we have the ori- the, the band has the original somewhere, like in a yeah. case, <laughs> right? Like under glass. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, I know that you explore other kinds of music. What what kinds of music appeal to you? I, 
this is not a good conversation. I love stuff. Um, Amen, brother. I don't, I don't, I can't say that like, oh, I like this artist. I like this genre. I just kind of gather songs mm, yeah. for the most part. I mean, there are things like They Might Be Giants is my go-to forever. They just kind of speak to my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love. Have you made a little birdhouse in your soul? <laughs> you could say there is a little birdhouse in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I love like. Oh, what is? It? I'm in, I'm looking at my Spotify right now. Cause... Yeah, while you look at it, I'll I'll thank you on in public so that it's public record for introducing me to Wookie Foot. And there's a yeah, bagpipe I love Wookie in Foot. There. Yeah, because they they got several tunes that have bagpipes in them, and you introduced me to that. Uh, only visiting that was the first tune that you showed to me man i love that song and from there i love i okay honestly they have like three or four albums that i absolutely love there are a few few albums i'm like well this is okay but like it doesn't quite speak to me in the same way but wookie foot has like informed my worldview in a lot of ways and and i've i've introduced my siblings to them and my siblings love it you know like it's a it's become it's kind of like over the garden wall you are spreading various little gospels here kevin Yeah, I I love Wookie Foot because it 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 connects with my I I would say my faith honestly, like it really speaks to like what I believe we should be as people, mm-hmm. and so it's like there's a little bit of hippiness, but then there's bagpipes, and then there's a little bit of rap, and then there's a little bit of little like bit it's of just like too. just like a ton of everything yeah. stuffed into this beautiful little package, and like not every song is a hit. But like they're still pretty good. Yep. Uh, I've, I'm looking at my Spotify. You know, I like Cake. Oh sure. I love. Uh, I like Carbon Leaf. I thought the next thing was gonna be like cranberries or some other food. You know. <laughs> I like cake. <laughs> like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, this is a shopping list. <laughs> this ain't Spotify. Uh, uh, the Aquabats. That's some ska. I like. I am gonna get us in with the Aquabats. That would be sick. Yeah, I'm going to get us in. We're going to play Pipes with the, with the Aquabats before we die, Kevin. I want to be on the TV show, man. Yeah, we're going to get in there. Playing bagpipes for the Aquabat show. Let's do it. Yep, my wife's aunt has a connection to their manager up in northern Utah. Wait, oh, you had said that. Yep. It's... We're going to get in there. Like, I love the Manga soundtrack. I love the Terraria soundtrack. Mm. I love the Halo soundtrack. Here, mm. got Jim Cro- Cross. Is that how you say his name? Honestly, I'm not sure. Like, I, I, I can't say that like I know anything about him or his music. I just like remember it's nostalgic. Like, remember my parents listening to this. Oh, sure. Yeah. And now when I listen to it, I'm just like, I'm a kid again. You know. Mm. <sighs> I'm, I'm very frequently surprised, Kevin, by how, and I know that I've remarked to you about this, like back across the years, like. So often you'll say something or you'll bring something up and I'll be like, what? I didn't know you when I was a child, but somehow we had the same childhood. Like, are we, are we the same person? You know, like, you'll like reference Prairie Home Companion or just the other day you brought up The Quiet Man. I was like, I just watched that yesterday. You're like, I'm watching it right now. I'm like, what? Are we the same person? What is this? Hey, man, could be. I feel like. I've got this. I'm not going to get into this. This is the wrong podcast. Maybe, for it. maybe Zach had a friend type, huh? <laughs> like maybe, maybe Zach just only wanted to be friends with people that were the same person. I mean, hey, that's not I, true. He had a lot of friends, of course. But. The time that you know me and Zach became really good buddies is when you were gone. 
so I could be the replacement. So, but then I'm the happy to becomes, be the replacement. Was, were you the Were you the upgrade to James, <laughs> or were you the placeholder? I think uh, a good match. Mm. I like my last ones here. I got a Muppets album on my Spotify. Oh, I love that stuff. Heck yeah! Got the album for Secret Life of Walter Mitty, my favorite movie. That's a really good movie. Yeah. I got uh, Cascade, Queen. Yeah, that's my music. So and then I... Over the Garden Wall, of course. Oh, man, of course. If anybody listening to this, it has nothing to do with bagpipes, but if anybody is listening to this has not seen Over the Garden Wall, my goodness, it'll change your life. Like I'd say anybody listening to this that hasn't seen it, it is more important than bagpipes. That's <laughs> yeah. how good it is. You know, if it was anything else, I might stop you, but yeah, you might be right. <laughs> I, I know for sure. That and I'm not saying that's because bagpipes are like lower. I'm no, saying no. that is how good it is. How, yeah, absolutely. I know, I know for sure that Jeff is aware of it because they carved their pumpkins in, into Over the Garden Wall characters this year. And I yeah, suspect was, that, that has to do with Lizzie's really surprised me. Put a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah, I love that too. So what about what about other media? What else do you consume? Uh, you know, stuff that you like. Uh, you know, be it books, audiobooks, games, uh, movies. Oh my gosh! What's your jam? My jam is be a, a really boring person. <laughs> I like. I it's only know, boring just... to you because you're used to yourself. The rest of us find you a fascinating specimen. <laughs> Uh, I love Bob's Burgers. That's like oh, the one too. that comes to mind that I'm like, yeah, I watch this. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just like, you know, like WandaVision's on, so we're watching that, whatever. Right. Yeah. But Bob's Burgers, for sure, Adventure Time. Uh, Besides TV, I love Welcome to Night Vale podcast. Mm. I love John... Uh, Judge John Hodgman's podcast. Mm-hmm. I love this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't waiting for it, but I kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I I don't spend a lot of time really doing anything these days. No, it's... that's not true. Didn't you didn't you just barely build a rocking chair? Oh well, I'm I'm refinishing a rocking chair for Zach's mom. Mm. I wish I built it. That'd be cool. But you are building shelves, right? Oh, and I built shelves down here. Some people might not know that you and I live in the same house. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in the same house so that I can be your, your bagpipe maintenance slave, right? <laughs> that's the arrangement that we made, right? <laughs> I needed somebody. So, so we, we do, it is separated. Like, we don't enter through the same doors or anything, but we are perhaps more aware of some aspects of each other's lives than we ought to be. It's <laughs> like, my children keep you awake at night. I know that you've been building shelves, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I spend most of my free time, well, I guess, maybe I do, I like to cook. So yeah, I'd say, true. like, when I get off work, yeah. I never really counted it as my hobby, but I guess it is. I like learning about cooking, and so I spend a long time, like, preparing dinner. Yeah. But that also takes a lot of time of doing other stuff. So I don't really do anything most days. Like, I just cook, and then I'll watch some Netflix, and then I'll go to bed. Now, I know I've had some foods that you've made, and I know that they're good, but I also know that you like to experiment sometimes. Yes. And, and you know, experiments are what they are. You know, sometimes it turns out great, sometimes it doesn't. But And so I don't mean this – don't take this in any offensive way. It's not offensive. I just think it's funny that at this point, around, you know, between 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock, if we get any weird smells upstairs – 
we no longer wonder right now where it's just like oh kevin's trying something new <laughs> like like you know like for a little while i was like what is that we got to figure this out where's this coming from but now it's like no kevin's just making a new soup or something <laughs> <laughs> totally now you made uh you made that uh, youtube video where you just like did like some beautiful imagery set to lorient mornings by uh, yeah. by uh, i almost said fred morrison oh a pox upon me by gordon duncan um don't, don't get me wrong both amazing just i often confuse the two of them just because they're both amazing one has a lot more hair that's one easy way to keep them separate yeah <laughs> um but that how many views does that youtube video have now um i haven't checked the last time i checked it was like one hundred fifty thousand or something so what what is it what do you think it is about like bagpipes that like what kind of people love it why do we love it like what part of our soul is because like you started playing, it seems to me, kind of nonchalantly, but, you know, you're now stuck in this world, so, like, what do you think it is? What is it about us who like bagpipes? Well, a similar question is, like, what, it is, what is it about Scottish culture? Mm, yeah. Like, I, and maybe I'm just not paying attention, but I feel like when somebody is like, I'm Scottish, like, there is an intensity that you do not get for other, like, like me, I'm I'm Dutch. Like I don't talk about it, mm-hmm. but Scottish people are like, I'm gonna buy the kilt. Right. I'm yeah. gonna go to the. You the don't festival. own any wooden shoes, do you? Or no. Yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> I'm gonna do the. You know, I'm in. I'm in 100%, and everybody has to know. Mm-hmm. Like I've got the stickers on my car, and I don't know what it is. I wish that I had better awareness about culture to know if it was that way before uh, Braveheart came out. I, I honestly wonder. I don't mean to cheapen that at all because I think it's great to be, you know, to have, be proud of your heritage and stuff like that. But yeah. I, do, I do wonder to what degree, like what kind of weird cultural soup has to be mixed up to make that kind of pride sort of swim to the surface? You know, a similar thing, like right now, Norse is like Norse stuff is oh, yeah. really popular. It is. Yeah. But guess like also there's the Vikings show. Right. There's the Assassin's Creed Vikings game. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of media around this. And so that could be what's kind of pushing that intensity, too. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if, I wonder if other shows, too, like, like uh, what's the big one right now? Highlander. Highlander. Or Out- Outlander. Uh, that's what I meant, Outlander. I mean, Highlander, that was when I was a kid. That was that cool action flick. But, uh, yeah, I think they I are doing a new Highlander, too. Are they? So. I remember liking that. I think I'd be into it. I heard, like, there, were more, there was more than one film, though, and I heard that, like, they, did, they weren't as great towards the end. I think I only ever saw the first one. What was your original question? Uh, why do we like bagpipes? Like, what is this? And you broadened it to Scottish culture, which I, I agree is, is like, look, maybe this is going too far, but you, you tell me. Maybe, maybe I have to edit this later, but I did have a weird experience once, not that long ago, at the Pace and Scottish Festival. Like, I think that those of us who are in pipe bands and stuff, we've probably encountered this so much that maybe the romance of it remains, but maybe it wears off just a little bit. Like, at some point, you know, once the 500th person walks up to you and says, oh, I'm Scottish, you know, at least here in, in Utah, it's like, are you? Are you really? You know, like, or do you mean that you're one of your one of your many great 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 grandpas was from Scotland? You know, and uh, you know, and and that's that's cynical and mean of me. You know, it's only when I'm at my worst that I really think that way. But I was sitting at a Scottish festival, and just looking around, and I've got it's like this weird blending of like real culture and like fantasy. You know, it's yeah, a, it's a little bit like Comic Con sometimes. You know. Yeah. And uh, and just like just thinking about you know just musing on it just like what what is this you know what is happening what are we doing like why you know not 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 in a uh, critical way just like thinking about it you know like what is this you know, it's kind of this funny weird thing 
you know, because as a piper, you know, you kind of focus on the competitions. But if you ever get a chance to just sit down and eat some of that fair food and just look around, it's like, well, what is going on here? Well, probably safest to not dive too deep into that in like a recorded format, you know, like, but uh, it is. Edit this, edit this. But this seems funny. It's like, it's like, what's this combination of like both having an environment in which it's perfectly acceptable, you know, and also an environment in which it's like cool as well for the people who are doing it like they want to do it they, they put their money and their time and their energy into it you know so i would like to know how many like let's say there's a hundred thousand of these people and they're all exactly the same as far as their enthusiasm for scotland how many of them are enthusiastic about like real, like real scotland and how many of them are enthusiastic about, like you were saying, kind of the fantasy of fairies and, I don't know, dragons and, you know, all that. Yeah. Or even less obvious fantasy. Like, like, there are a lot of people who go to these Scottish festivals who would be very upset if you were to suggest to them, like, William Wallace probably didn't wear a kilt. You know, like, what yeah, they yeah, perceive yeah. as real history, but it's actually fantasized. That and maybe be an precisely because of things like the movie Braveheart. Do you think there's studies about this? Mm. We need funding, and then we'll start studying. Episode 42. Get ready, people. Okay, let's start studying now. Well, what about you? What kind of keeps you interested in it? Or do you feel like you're just trapped in it, and now you can't get away? <laughs> I, I don't want to be a bummer, but I do feel really trapped by it. And I don't want to say that I don't enjoy... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm saying. No worries. I, I can cut out pauses as well as I can cut out m m <laughs> mistaken words, so don't worry about it. You might want to keep the pauses in so it sounds like I'm thinking about what oh, I'm sure, saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, he was ready to give that answer. <laughs> uh, I, I really like the band. I really like the people in the band. I really like being in the petition circle. I think, for me personally, I've had enough crap happen like his in my life that also be tied to piping mm, yeah yeah a lot of sticks whatever, whatever, you know, that is like this kind of something i want to go away because i can't move because it's still you know, mm. it's it's to emotional things then with thing it's tied more to emotional things happening like when he was gone, you know, once a week, it would be like, hey, when, you come, when are you going to come play again? And I feel like he was wearing me down. I would have gone. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like in the next couple of years, probably. And he, when he left, I'll say that, uh, I don't really, what what is there for, for me, you know? Mm, yeah. And so that's a really, I I was worried about this podcast because that's really all I have to say about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, long story short, it's all just kind of piled on to that same kind of feeling of I don't, I don't feel like there's a place for me in this. Mm. And so I didn't want to be a bummer. Well, I don't think it's but, a bummer now. And I think it makes sense. I mean, I I've experienced it to some degree myself, too, that, like, I, had, I did wonder, you know, shortly after Zach left that, like, will I ever play again? You know? I mean, like, I, I started playing with him. We were friends before we started playing, and then together we were like, hey, let's play bagpipes, you know? It's like, 
he's been a constant throughout. So, like, what is bagpipes without him? You know, it's the two things have never been separated before. And, like, also I wondered, like, is going back to band, is the strongest overriding emotion going to be a negative one? One of absence, you know, instead of something positive. I think you expressed that better than me. <laughs> well, I got to listen to you first. <laughs> <laughs> That's my strategy here. I'm going to make you muddle through something and then I'll, uh, I'll uh, you know, do my own edited version. <laughs> but what you said does resonate with me that I also love the people that are in the band. And I do feel like that's, that's kind of been the thing I've been clinging to is like community, you know, even when like, when I was younger, it was much easier to get swept away by sort of the fantasy, you know, of Scotland and, and, uh, you know, by which I mean, mythologized Scotland, probably not often a very realistic Scotland in my own mind as a child, you know, and it was easy to get kind of swept away by the romance of that and be excited about that. And today, like sometimes you know, there, I do love music, and I do like playing and stuff like that. So there's, there's plenty there, but the main thing is the community, for sure. That it ends up being the people who I directly know. That's the, that's the main thing for me right now, for sure. Hmm. Now, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza? I love pineapple on pizza. Mm. I know. Now, I do too. I, with one exception, mm. Hawaiian pizza is disgusting. Oh, really? And no one oh, should eat Hawaiian pizza. Me. All right, go into detail on this. I'm confused. <laughs> well, I hate, I don't, I, I can't say I hate ham because like if you do a, like a, a spiral ham, it's oh, actually yeah. pretty good. Mm, yeah. But like Canadian bacon or whatever, it's gross. Like, mm. I don't want that. And then the, the, the red, the tomato sauce, like, no bueno. Mm. But if you, if you make barbecue sauce pizza, pineapple is delicious on it. Mm. And chicken and bacon. Yeah. That's like the best pizza. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Because definitely my favorite way to do pineapple on pizza is with bacon and jalapenos. That's for me. That's, that's the way I like it. I like I that just, spicy I, sweet combo. I feel like a lot of people, when I talk to them about food, maybe it's an American thing. Maybe it's just people in general. I feel like we're, we're ready to just kind of say yes or no. Mm. There's no middle ground. Yeah. And I feel like every ingredient has a place like philosophize with me give me some depth <laughs> on food master <laughs> senpai teach me <laughs> like uh, when i cook when i cook curry sometimes i'll put peanut butter in it and i have an in-law who thinks that's absolutely disgusting and if he ever hears that i put peanut butter in anything he i cook he won't eat it mm. but but like i get the under the like the thought process like why would you put peanut butter in this soup yeah. stuff but to me like the flavor that you're looking for it, it, it's not about like the objects you're putting into the, the the food it's like what are they adding to the the you're asking me to philosophize and i have no good words no this is working really well you are opening my mind honestly this is keep going it, it's all about like kind of like with music you know harmony you have this this main main uh melody. i can't think melody yep. and then you add these other little things and you can have like a, a one harmony or you could have a three-part harmony mm. and so everything like i i know people that are like i hate mushrooms i'm never gonna eat mushrooms that's disgusting 
and I've had mushrooms and I'm like, this is really gross. The texture is really soggy and it's, yeah, why would you want to eat this? But then like, I've had that same mushroom crispy and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is delicious. Mm -hmm. Add a little sesame oil and some butter and we're in business. And so like everything, I just, I don't, I don't think when you come to work, come to pizza, you should be thinking no good. I should be open-minded about everything you put in your mouth. Yeah. That, that's, this is honestly, Kevin, this is deep. This is, this is deep. <laughs> it's like you're opening my mind to this idea that like a component, a component, is that the word? A, a single ingredient. Yeah. You know, all by itself. You can't let that define the dish. That, that, that one thing by itself is not the whole of the completed meal it's adding to it you know and so if you're if you're looking at a curry and going that's gross because it's peanut butter and also i wonder if this person's hang up with peanut butter might just be that their their cultural experience with peanut butter is exclusively peanut butter jelly sandwiches and so it seems weird to combine it with curry and then i wonder if they expect that this is going to taste like peanut butter because mm -hmm. there's peanut butter in it so you think it's just like a peanut buttery soup yeah which is gross it would be gross, yeah. To be fair, that would be gross, yeah. All right, well, maybe some people would like it, but to me, that does not sound great. Um, but yeah, it's it's like, and I, this is so you could you could apply this to anything. You can apply this to to people, to organizations like pipe bands, even. That it's not, it's not about the one ingredient. It's about what you're building together. What what comes out at the end? Absolutely. Mm. Which is, you know, let's go back, let's, let's backtrack a little bit with what I said previously. Mm -hmm. So, like, for this band and my relationship with it, I don't foresee myself playing anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But I do see myself continuing to do what I have been doing, which is a lot of marketing material, mm -hmm. uh, helping, at least when you were marketing president, ideas, how we can push the band forward mm -hmm. because I feel like the overarching feeling about bagpipe bands is that there are players and you're either drummer or piper mm -hmm. but this organization has it has to be bigger than that to grow yeah for sure and so I'm totally happy being in the background that uh shadow as you said yeah because you know it needs those those parts it does yeah that's I, I can't remember, maybe it was on the Chanaram podcast, somebody recently was talking about um, the, uh, and now of course I'm going to mess up and say it's the wrong band, I don't remember if they were talking about Simon Fraser or, or Boghall or, or Foo, but they were talking about one of the, you know, one of the big bands, and just talking about how like, in, the, in that organization, the people who play the instruments play the instruments, but they don't necessarily also do the marketing, the, the back end stuff of making emails work the grant writing grants um uh doing the, the catering classes, the catering yeah all of this stuff where you know sometimes out of necessity if you've got a small group you just kind of look around at the six people around the table and you're like well who will take care of our finances well i guess i will you know and who will take care of our marketing well i will you know but but the idea is that like you can build a community that has a lot of people participating in it who aren't necessarily picking up sticks or a or a, a set of pipes to to play in the competition circle and all of these ingredients together make a far more robust meal at the end, you know, or dish, than would be if you only had the pipers and drummers. Good local example of that is Wasatch District. The the magical behemoth that all of us aspire to be. <laughs> like I when I when I think about pipe bands, and they could take this 
I hope they take this as a compliment if they're listening. I know Michael is. Uh, what was I thinking? Or- oh, like, organization. Like, I don't think of them as like a bagpipe band. Mm-hmm. I think of them as a company. Yeah. And like, and they move forward like that, you know? Yeah. Like this, as you say, a behemoth. <laughs> they are, man. They, they are massive and growing, it seems. And I, I think it's because they've... I'm not saying it's bad that if we don't. So, so again, I'm backtracking. It's because that they, they put in these, these people in the back to run the business. And then they have the people in the front playing the bagpipes mm-hmm. or the drums. That's that little bit of peanut butter that makes it taste delicious. And Ma- so I think, maybe I've stretched the metaphor too far there. <laughs> I think we've talked a little too much all of this subject. <laughs> that's the parsley. That's the mushroom. I don't know. What, now I'm just grasping for straws. <laughs> uh, I feel like you know Garden Valley, Utah Pipe Band. The the bands that I I feel at least last time I saw them aren't that big. Well, none of them what, are as big as Wasatch. I mean, yeah, what yeah, we're I think doing, you'd have to go on the other side of the Mississippi to find a band as big as Wasatch. <laughs> what we're doing where where it's pretty much like, if you have the skill, can you please do this on the side? It's absolutely fine. Yeah. But once you get into grade one, like Simon Fraser University Pipe Band, mm-hmm. they don't have time to be worrying about that. They need to get their music down. Yeah. I wonder if part of it, I know that at least for me personally, part of it might also be um that like i kind of imagine that like what we're doing is fun for us you know because i'm playing an instrument so it's fun for me and you know we make the the background wheels run so that we can play our instruments and i like i kind of it's kind of subconsciously but i i think i'm becoming more conscious of it now i kind of assume that nobody is ever going to want to do the back end stuff because it's boring they wouldn't want to you know but i think that's wrong I think people actually would be happy to do that kind of stuff because they also enjoy the community and like the vision and like the music and the culture and they like getting together and they like contributing to uh, a community project, you know, a, a group product. And maybe they don't really want to play bagpipes or drums, but they love to participate. And so my assumption that like, oh, you wouldn't want to keep our books, you know, that would be so boring for you. I might be completely wrong about that. Maybe there are people who would love to do that and thereby be a part of the band without having to, you know, pick up an instrument. I believe it. I mean, you think about like high school band, like all the band moms. Yeah, that's true. They're committed. Uh, you think about, I just had a thought and I just lost it. James, it's gone. Mm. Maybe if we meditate for a moment, it'll come back. What's our mantra? Uh, let's say, uh, how about if our mantra could be early ease? Early ease. Early ease. Early ease. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Nobody wants to hear this subject anymore. All right. Well, in that case, I want to uh, philosophize for me instead. I want to know how you can apply uh, uh, cooking terms. No, we've done the cooking terms. I'm thinking of something else. Well, what about within your own family? Who is your biggest fan when it comes to bagpipes? And do you have any family members who would rather you not play? Um, my mother. 
Yeah, honestly, I was excited. My when, biggest fan. Like, that's kind of refreshing to hear because a lot of the people who I've interviewed, it's been like, I really wanted to play, but my parents thought I was crazy. You know, it's like against all odds, I had to fight to get it. Whereas your mom was like, you got to do this. You should do this. You know, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and even now, it's just like, like when are you going to play again? When are you going to play again? Yeah. Like, all the time. <laughs> uh, and my, like, I don't think I had anybody in my family or like, friends that were like you should stop <laughs> yeah at least not to your face right but i there were there were definitely neighbors uh, <laughs> yeah oh actually i remember this this story from listening to somebody else talk on your podcast i was like mm. oh yeah there was this guy that lived like four houses down and he would like to go out into his, like his driveway and he'd fix on his car and every time i'd go out and play while he's doing this he would make a big show of this. He would like slam his tools down as soon as I struck in <laughs> and he'd walk over to the front door and he'd slam it shut. Just couldn't be out there with that. And yeah, racket, he could huh? not handle it. And I was just like, like I've never, like I said, like everyone in my close circle is totally cool with it. I have yeah. neighbors like half a mile away. that are like, Hey, I haven't heard you play in a while, yeah. but this guy just could not handle bagpipes. <laughs> All right, so there have been some people along the way then that would have rather you didn't. I mean, I guess it's a good thing I didn't really know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> now I know I know that you picked up whistle too. Are you still playing whistle? I haven't heard you whistling down there in a while. No, nah, I kind of gave up. You got cooler than me, and so I stopped. That's not true. I I did recently get a whistle, but it's because I wanted to be cool like you. I I don't play nearly as well as you do. <laughs> I I mean, if if anybody that actually plays whistle heard me, they'd be like please stop i don't know man i've but heard you playing like, some of the fred morrison stuff you sound just like him i feel like i'm i'm decent at uh taking bagpipe stuff and throwing it on the whistle mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that's that, i'm sure that that's part of the crossover why so many pipers play whistles because it's like well i can just keep thinking in bagpipe language and it comes out okay <laughs> but you also didn't you recently pick up the guitar or were you, or were you just still considering it i i don't want to say i picked it up I I have been. I mean, you physically picked up a guitar. You can't deny that. Myself, guitar, just because you know it's COVID and we're home all the time and I'm going crazy. Yeah. And I feel like since I don't want to play bagpipes, and I didn't want to play whistle anymore, at the moment, I needed something, and yeah. so I got this guitar. Uh, Mark. Alger, this guy in our in our church congregation, he's a classical guitar teacher, mm-hmm. and he's and very good. I have him play. He's nice enough to be like, "Hey, you have questions, or if you want instruction, just come over." Obviously, because of COVID, that can't happen. So the so for now, it's just been me making up stuff and slowly kind of creating a song. Mm. And then eventually I, I will definitely go take classes from mm. him. But COVID kind of screwed everything well, for everybody. That it did, huh? <laughs> I mean, a lot of great things from it. Uh, like, I'll be grateful right now because I don't want to sound like a whiner. But, you know, overall, I feel like a lot of crap has happened, too. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll be alone in thinking that way. It does suck. <laughs> there, I think, you know, I, I think you can look around and see a little bit of silver lining here and there. But, you know, of course, taken in the context of, like, people dying, it's like, oh, no, this pretty much just sucks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So what about Star Wars? I don't think it's any mystery to anybody in the world that you've got a thing for Star Wars. When did that start, and what's the deal? Um, 
I mean, I've always watched Star Wars just as a kid. We had the VHSs, and I probably broke them from how much I watched. Mm. And then the when I first got into reading, like you were, you were like seventeen at the time, right? When you learned how to read, was that? Yeah, you're seventeen when I learned. Yeah, that's about right. Course. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like fourteen, fifteen. You know, I've just started seminary. I'm trying to figure my way in this this uh, this world of religion. Mm-hmm. And I started reading Star Wars books, and they just like like everything about them. Mm. I have I have no idea. Like, like you know those people at Comic Con that take something too seriously, and you're like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I feel that way about myself. Yeah, <laughs> because like I know <laughs> I know that this is a fantasy. It's a, just it's just a story. Yeah, these people aren't real. But like the the themes in the show just like speak to my faith. 100 percent yeah like like if i get to heaven and it's not it's not the like the way of the jedi i don't know what's right you'll come because cruising into cloud city man you'll be cruising into cloud city <laughs> and saint peter will be sitting there in a jedi robe you're, you're gonna be very satisfied i mean like hey for for all the lds people this might be funny i don't know moroni was wearing a robe I'm sure he had a lightsaber on that. On that you belt. think he did, huh? Yeah, just yeah. kidding, just kidding. I don't <laughs> think that. I don't think that. But uh, Star Wars really, like, it is the only thing that feels constant. Mm. And that sounds so sounds so stupid. Mm. I am that guy at Comic Con. I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but but maybe more like more in your heart than uh, yeah than philosophically at Comic Con. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just things that that I know are real, like real real discussions, real problems. I can look at it through that lens, mm-hmm. and it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. And so, you come to my house. You probably won't know I'm into Star Wars. I don't have like, I have a few things. You do have the Millennium Falcon hanging there. Oh, I do. I forgot about that. Okay, yeah. I'm that guy at Comic Con. Well, no, I mean other people. <laughs> Like you don't have shelves covered in action figures still in yeah, the like packaging I, or anything like that. I, it, it's a normal looking house, but in my heart, you know, I believe. In, in your heart, way. you do have unopened miniatures and things like that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I can, I can totally relate to that. You know, I I'm also a person of faith, but I definitely like for a while I felt guilty about it. But after a while, I was like, no, this is just it's working for me, so I'm going to stick with it. For me, the medium is more Lord of the Rings. I can't tell you how many times I've walked out of my house and looked at Mount Timpanogos. And I know that it's a mountain called Timpanogos, you know. It's it's not Erebor, but several times I have whispered under my breath, Erebor, as I look up at this mountain. You know, like, I know it's not real, but it's the way I see the world, and I'm so much happier seeing the world through that lens. And maybe this goes into a conversation that we're not smart enough to talk about, but, um, like, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people nowadays, my friends especially, like, my generation... A lot of video games. Yeah, your generation, which I wouldn't understand because I'm so much older than you. <laughs> Our generation, the millennials. There's <laughs> no, a lot of video on. games and stuff yeah. being played, and I feel like it's to kind of like create your own world because the one we live in is kind of <laughs> kind of sucks. Craptastic. <laughs> and so maybe it's related where yeah, we maybe find maybe it's a coping solace, yeah. we find serenity in these fantastical places and in the 
fantastical people doing fantastical things. Yeah. And so to think of myself as a Jedi Knight makes it a little easier, mm-hmm. even though I don't really think that. I'm that weird guy at Comic-Con, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm sitting in, a, in my Jedi robes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in my uh, <laughs> recreated Death Star throne room. Yeah. And I'm over here with a with a with a uh, an accurate model of Orchrist strapped to my side. <laughs> so what 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 about the name Scarf Boy? Where did that get started? Uh, so when I first started going to the White Peaks practices, um, I don't know how I can say this story without. If I ever say anything that's like I'm so cool or like I'm talking myself up, ignore it. Dude, we already had Sean on the podcast. You never, you're never gonna look in any way egotistical after Sean has been on the podcast, and he, and he himself would would be cool with me saying that. I'm sure. So don't worry about that. So in ninth grade, I had a lot of friends that would get bullied, and so of course I'm gonna get bullied as well. But I'm not really the kind of attitude, like person with an attitude that gives a crap mm-hmm. about what you have to say. And so in ninth grade, I wore a cape and a lightsaber for the last half of every day to school. You know, nice. the last half of the year. By Just the way, to say like, episode title will be Kevin Doesn't Give a Crap. <laughs> wow. No, wait. Jedi Master Kevin Doesn't Give a Crap. <laughs> and so I did it to, to make a statement. Yeah. In sophomore year. That's cool, though. It's like you were owning it, right? You were just like, yeah, this is me. Go ahead. You're going to make fun of me? Like, here, I'll give you everything, all the ammunition you need. Absolutely. Because that takes away the bully's power. Absolutely. That, like, yeah. And so I continued that in the sophomore year by wearing a scarf every day. Mm. And it wasn't, there was no scarf. There was no arrogance. I met Susan, who is an angel. And she nicknamed me Scarf Boy. And instead of kind of teasing me about it, I felt like she. She was just cool. Yeah. Susan and so cool. I just kept it. And I've been yeah. Scarf Boy ever since. Mm. You know, uh, I don't know if I knew that Susan had started, like, you know, not like kind of started calling you Scarf Boy, but somehow intrinsically I knew it. Like, it seems like that is a Susan thing. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So that's been, like, been, I feel weird because I'm 20, 29, but, like, my gamer tag is still Kevin Scarfboy. You, you, it's time to change to Kevin Scarfman. You're, you're now a Scarfman. <laughs> I mean, I, I've thought about that, but I, I'm, I'm keeping true to Susan's name, mm-hmm. and I've continued the tradition. Well, if if you make it if you make it to like old age and you're not scarf grandpa, then maybe by then you'll be able, need to change it. But for now, you can probably keep scarf boy. <laughs> old McScarfy. Well, cool. So now, when people see your email address and stuff like that, scarf boy, etc., now we know why. Yeah, and if you really like it, you can thank Susan. Everybody, send send fan mail to Susan. <laughs> Thanking In fact, her. I think you should all thank Susan just just because she's a good lady and deserves it. That's that's the truth. Even if you haven't been lucky enough to try some of her incredible baked goods. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's I watched she's her, talented, her right? Posts. Oh man. And like there was a time where I would ask Susan to make stuff and she'd do it. Yeah. Every now she's again. now she's got kids and stuff, so. But now like I don't want to ask her because I feel like she would. Yeah, oh she and probably would. And I would I would just be even more fat. <laughs> you know, 
I they I just love look amazing. I love the Great British Breaking Show, love it. But I honestly have I've I've told my wife before, like sweetie, if we could set up a camera in Susan's kitchen, I would watch Susan bake with <laughs> the exact same amount of like fandom as I watch the Great British Baking Show, easily. And just you just edit uh, what's his name Noel. Oh, absolutely. Noel Fielding would have he's a he's a staple. Yeah, I wonder what it would take to get Noel Fielding to fly over here and just do an, an afternoon in Susan's kitchen. He kind of seems like the guy that would just do it. Yeah, I think he would. <laughs> and then I'll dress up like Paul Hollywood and go stuff my pudgy finger into her delicious food and say it's somehow subpar. The only thing that I think could make the Great British Bake Off um, even better is to get, uh, is it Richard Ayoade? Yeah, I, you go ahead and try pronouncing his last name. I, I won't, but yeah, that guy. Like, together? Nah, you look up yeah. YouTube. There's a couple of like uh, British comedians where they're they're on the same team in this this game, and they are hoot. Those quiz together. shows, right? Yeah, is the big fat quiz of everything, right? Before we go on, and assuming that you're going to cut me off pretty soon and just end the episode, I need to uh, insert something here. Insert it, Michael, if you're listening. When you're making bacon pancakes, <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> investing in a bacon press. Or, if you don't have a bacon press, you can get crispy, thin bacon by setting your oven to 425 degrees, putting a, uh, a cooling rack on your, like a, like a cookie sheet with some tin foil, and put that bacon right on top, cook it for like 8 to 12 minutes, of really crispy, really flat bacon. And then, when you're making the pancake, make your batter a little runnier than usual. Uh, when you put that bacon on top, you can then put some of that runny batter on top of it to cover the bacon. So when uh, your guest or your wife, whoever is eating this delicacy, bites into it, they will be delighted to find <laughs> that it has bacon inside. So you bake your bacon, huh? Bacon, bacon. <laughs> I actually don't. I tried once and I, I uh, set off my fire alarms. You know, honestly, if Mike hasn't come across that yet, it he might be very excited to hear because I know that he loves crispy bacon. That's when I first met him, he was burning some bacon on purpose to make it crispy. <laughs> so I know that this runs deep. Now, you know what I did once? I don't know if this is gross or not, but I was making waffles and I wanted to make bacon waffles. And instead of adding oil to the batter, because you know usually you use a little bit of oil in waffle batter compared, I used the bacon grease. Yeah. yeah, and it was delicious. It was so good. Absolutely. And all I, my in-laws loved it. And then I told them that I used bacon grease, and half of them were like, "Oh, that's disgusting." I was like, "You just said you loved it." I mean, this 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 is this is a thing, James. So when you have your bacon grease after you're cooking with it, you can get like a jar, and get a coffee filter, and just put it through the coffee filter oh and it will solidify oh yeah and so that fat solidifies and then you can just like just like butter you know you take your knife you take a little bit out and throw it in your pan put it on your toast whatever you want and if you've strained it properly it's not going to go bad that's that straining it thing that's what that makes sense because usually you got all those little bits of burnt bacon in there so yeah it's all dirty and stuff now kevin i know it's been a minute since you went and played pipes and maybe you know I'm not saying you should go out there and play tomorrow or anything, but I'm curious. Do you, have you ever had like a pre like when you were getting ready for a competition or a performance or something? Do you have any kind of pre-performance ritual that you would do? Um, check your uniform. I don't know. Uh, meditate for a while. Like, what kind of stuff would you do to psych yourself up and get in the right frame of mind and get ready and stuff? Well, the last time I did, I 
was in high school. And so this, I don't, I don't know if this is. You have performed since helpful. then, though. I know. I mean, have you and I? Zach and I played a few things. Remember, we went up. We even went and did that thing that march for uh, that march against domestic well, abuse up I in I was that say, in Ogden or something. I don't get nervous for that kind of stuff. The oh, same that's way your secret. That you I don't get nervous. Get nervous for soloing ah yeah i see i see like soloing's a completely different beast yeah like if i'm playing in front of people if that's i don't care but you get in front of somebody who knows what they're talking if about talk- and they're if judging I'm playing you and for stuff. A judge yeah <laughs> and so for that it's just uh like, i don't know it's not special i would just play through my set as the like the uh, role play like as i was doing it one thing that zach would do often is he'd pretend to be the judge yeah and then we'd like go through the whole thing, like walking up to him, giving him the music, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just do that, take it as seriously as possible. And would he and always I, try to I make you like, crack and laugh partway through? Like, yeah, make like a the entire time. Yeah. Uh, I feel like. I don't know. Like when you're. Something that I would feel for myself, I'll just say. This might not help anybody. When I was getting ready to go, like, play for this judge, I feel like I kind of went through a, a thought of, like, I'm overconfident, and so I'm like, okay, I need to relax, and I need to not take this as seriously. It's going to be fine. Mm. But I feel like I could, that could go completely <laughs> the wrong way, where, like, you're too relaxed, you're not taking it enough seriously. Mm, yeah. And so I think, don't be like as concerned about I'm going to go get first. Just be confident in yourself being the player that you are. And like, don't worry about the places. Mm. I'll help you. Because like, if you're, if you're worrying about like that guy before me played really well, or I just, it's not, it's not going to help you. Mm. And so... You know, you, you've practiced this music, you've marched in place in front of Zach or somebody, and you're just going to go do the best song that you can play. And mm. if you win, you win. And if you don't, well, next time you're probably going to if you keep it up. Mm. Just don't be worrying about, like, the, the rank, like, where you are, where all these other people are. Just play yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. That's what I'm saying. That's beautiful. I think that makes sense. I, that, I, I find that helpful just thinking about it myself. So just thinking like instead of it being like a, like a football game where one team is going to win and one team is going to lose, think of it more like some track and field events where what you're going for is a personal record. You're just trying to – Yeah, absolutely. You're competing That's against yourself. I mean. That's it. And maybe not even competing against yourself. It's more like you're, you're seeing what you can do. You're, you're, you are you. You're just, you're just there to play some music. Yeah. Hmm. That's beautiful. Now – this is, it's probably about the right time to start fading it out. It's uh, going to probably be about an hour long, so that's probably about right. Do you have? Well, we're we're uh, going to have the director's cut, right? That's like oh, an hour longer. That's, that's right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Strap in, buddy. <laughs> so, Kevin, this, this has been lovely. Uh, you and I, of course, will see each other as we walk back and forth to the garbage cans and things like that uh, every day. But I'd love to talk again in a formal setting like this. So it, well, formal, informal, whatever it is. Um, for another podcast episode, maybe just for episode forty-two, but maybe sometime before that too. It'd be great. Um, so, but give us give us something beautiful to end on. Fade me, uh, play me out here with some words of wisdom, would you? Um, I'll I'll read some lyrics that have really uh, 
stuck with me this last couple of weeks. And this is from Wookie Foot? Wookie Foot. Their song is Shangri-La. Love that song. Um, and it's just, I'm going to make it and you're going to make it too. Because you got me and I got you. I can see you get me too. Only way we make it through. I got you. I got you. I got you. Know that I got you. And I can see you get me too. Only way we make it through. Shangri-La, Shangri-La.